How many? How many? This, bo- is, this is one of them shows. <laughs> we need a little scotch. Oh. How many bottles okay. do we need to have on the set? I'm sweating. Well, it's Dr. White. We I'm pulling like- out the Texas. <laughs> the Texas. <laughs> got like, water. Oh, good. You got what you got in there? What you got in there? Electrolyte. <laughs> Electrolyte. That's what I call this, too. Electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Amen. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on Friday evening. This is kind of a later Friday evening show because we actually had to, had to you know, get everything and schedule everybody a little later. So that's why you're now seeing the show a little later at this Friday evening. So, so thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, you know, Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. And we also have Dr. James White on the show to to talk about um, something happened this last you know, week and a half. I'm not quite sure, but I'm... Um, uh, <laughs> It's, it's going to be. We'll come up with something to I'm talk told about. It's going to be a good conversation. Mm. Mm. Maybe. That, that's to the ad read. Maybe. Now. That's we'll, to the ad read. That, okay. I, I, there all we right. Go. So, all right. You know what, guys? We're on a mission. Now, today we're on a different kind of mission, but we're on a mission to make magazines great again. Now, that. <laughs> The timing on this is great because Mission Impossible 47 is coming out. Whoa. So it fits. it fits really, really well. So subscribe to our Fight, Fight Laugh, Feast magazine. You've got to subscribe to it or you're yep. not going to be able to read it. No. Because it sort of goes together. Can't say it. This is a quarterly mini book. I'm not sure anything that would have any article from Doug Wilson. It could be described as a mini book because it's got big, <laughs> long words. You have to look them up. But a mini book like experience packed full of a variety of authors, a real variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a Psalm of the quarter. How many quarters could you do with 150 Psalms? Uh, never mind. Recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages. Glossy page. It's not like the Watchtower and Awake, which is just plain stuff. Boring. This is glossy. Okay. Glossy pages. Sign your church up. Sign your grumpy uncle up, who's probably a Baptist. And while you're at it, sign up the Pope, Elon Musk. And Russell, <laughs> Russell Moore, who will market return to sender and don't even go there. So this magazine will guarantee various responses, sort of like cross politics. Um, and cross politic is not held liable for any of them, and maybe not held liable for the wars that they start either. So I'm just saying it's a disclaimer. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation. Possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you, unless my article's in there. And <laughs> it likely cause you to randomly chuckle and enjoy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today. Four issues and $60 per year. That's it. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now to sign up. And I don't get a single dime for having gone through <laughs> no, it. We might have to. That might have that been the amazing. best moment. Do you got like an applause like machine? Like thing there? That's it. That's no, it. Where to go. Alright, ready to go. I, I, I Pastor Toby, you're I was, fired. I know, right? I was like, last time I was gone and you were on the show and you did the ad read, and yeah. I was a little like I was a little jealous, you yeah. know, for a little bit after yeah. that. You, like, did, guys, you brought it up several times. I, I was after, like, guys, yeah. guys, I'm just as good as Dr. White, but I, that was that's better than I've that ever was, done. That was brilliant. Dr. Yeah. White, that was that was better than I've ever done. I, I I, I quit. We need to clip that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? It just makes me think that he's coming with a big stick. I know. I know. So that, that was the setup. So, so yeah, exactly. He's exactly. coming with a big stick now. So, you know, I think the, the meme war through this whole um, fracas was strong. 
And and I was texting Dr. White earlier today, and and he said that the Baptists really did beat us in this meme war. The Presbyterians in the meme war. They kind of did. The Baptists were pretty good. Kind of did? Yeah, they kind of whooped us up. I'm going to tell you. No, they wiped the floor with us. They they did pretty good. So so bring up the first. I got a couple memes we're going to show you. Before we get into the discussion, we got a couple memes that we're going to look at here. Uh, Baptists. That's totally fair. (laughs) Vestments. Oh, (laughs) that's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, man. Okay. That's That's good. Next one. Oh, oh, hitting, oh. The, hitting the other way. Oh. Right, the other I, I way. do think that was a that was probably like the only Presbyterian that, that one a, that made the list that nobody I'm ever pretty sure saw. That no one ever saw. Yeah, next, next, one? next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grandma. Sure, Grandma. Sure, let's grandma. go get you in bed. Let's get you some mashed bananas and get you in bed. Next one. All right. When you see a dude who thinks he's a woman with green hair and five <laughs> nose rings. Is that a double chin? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is there there any more? Next one. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, man. Probably King David. Probably King David said that. That was When you get Samuel L. Jackson ones, you know that isn't reached to a feverish pitch. In trouble. In trouble. These just kept going. That was funny. That was funny. Toby's face. That's a good one. You see his name tag? Look, I, you see his name tag? I will say, again, yeah. like, I, Presbyterians, you guys really, really suck right now. Yeah, we got, we got <laughs> worked over. I'm just going to say it. Like, we got yep. killed, and y'all didn't say anything, yeah. but that's all right. Is there um, any more? Oh. Baptist. Me Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you Cross go. Cross politic. Yeah. Hey. We're the ones crying under the table? Because <laughs> that's because the Baptists whooped us up on the meme. Uh, I'm on the not, meme not game. crying under yeah, the yeah. table, but you know. All right. Fair enough. What, anymore? Uh, anymore? Is, is it? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Oh. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. And that is how Baptist theology calls. That's a good one. <laughs> it's all mapped out. <laughs> Follow our logic. I'm, guys, really seriously, the memes were hilarious. Yeah, oh, they were. I really it, thought it, they were great. Anymore? That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. the last we one. Sorry, we didn't have the brain one okay. for you there, Doctor White. But yeah, well, it was it, it, it was a good one, but <clears throat> I, I was getting a little worried there for a while. You know, I I didn't want you all, you know, developing a tick or anything like that uh, <laughs> to be permanent or anything like that. I mean, it's already bad enough when Chocolate Knox hides every time I walk into the room and stuff like that. So I didn't want to really worse than that. I already got that. Tick. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so I was getting I was getting a little worried. Yeah. Well. Uh, Dr. White, I got a, I finally got a chance to watch your show that you did yeah, uh, on, on yeah. the conversation. Um, yeah. Was that, I don't was know, was Tuesday? that Monday Tuesday? or Tuesday? Tuesday? Something like that? Um, I don't know. I was in Santa Fe. You were, uh, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but what, yeah. You were in your camper and you told us about yep. the, the friendly cat. And, yes, uh, Marvin. Marvin. Yes, Marvin. Mar- Marvin the cat. Marvin the KOA cat. Um, uh, go visit Marvin at the Santa Fe KOA. He's good. <laughs> but um, but honestly, in all honesty, I, I just got in here. We haven't had a chance to talk about this at all. We just literally just brought you in, and yeah, here we are. Yeah. And I was just telling the guys as you were coming in, um, man, thank you very much yes. for, for the for the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I thought it was great. Your your ending, uh, especially your ending, was just glorious. Um, man. Yeah, I mean, it was called a prayer at the end was yeah. great, but I but I uh, no, I honestly just thought the whole thing was um, reasonable, friendly, yeah. thoughtful, challenging, kind, challenging yeah. in yeah. all all the right ways, and I just just wanted to thank you for it. It was great. Look, Toby, I was I was standing in your pulpit a few months ago. I know, and and I I think and look, I don't know if you guys know what's been going on 
amongst Reformed Baptists for the past uh, six, nine months now or so. But I've been getting canceled left, right, and center. Uh, I've got people calling me a neo-Sassinian. I mean, it's it's been it's been really Weird. unpleasant. Yeah. And part of the part of it is honestly, when you stand in someone's pulpit, you have them speak in your church. You guys have been at Reform Con, and you know all you know. We've we've had this we've had this relationship, and no one has ever confused us as being in perfect agreement because right. every single time chocolate knocks signs off and <laughs> starts talking about baptizing babies, he starts ducking from me, you know, when you're so around. <laughs> everybody, everybody understands that. And yet, uh, I just think that there's some type of, of relationship that develops when you minister the word of God together, when you yeah. read the scriptures together, when you partake of the supper together, amen. And so to just simply throw all that stuff out, um, when something comes up that we knew we disagreed about, um, but not quite on this level, <laughs> okay? I mean, the way it was stated was, was really, I think, what got stuff started. Because yeah. when, I, when I first saw the meme, I think, I, I, think, I think at first I heard about it was someone memed it yeah, yeah. or just put the quote up or something. It's startling. Yeah. You know, you're and and but my first thought was, oh great, now I've got to track down all these programs because I'm not going to respond to this without hearing what the context was. Uh -huh. that, that that's just that's just necessary. Right. Um thank you. So yeah, we've got to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and there's so much going on today. And this subject, guys, one of my points that I want to bring up, this subject I think is one of the most important facing us culturally. And as we, as you guys know, I mentioned, I spent 50 minutes on the phone with David. I spent uh, 25 minutes on the phone with Gabe. <laughs> two uh, hours. Um, it was two hours, actually. No, it wasn't. It was two, he well, loves yeah. me more than you. No, he's been, he's been on the road a long time. Um, long time. Where was my call? Where was my call? I, 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 I call? my phone. <laughs> and and didn't, get, didn't get a chance to talk to Toby, but I, we've, we've already talked. And so we sort of know where we're going. And by the way, the program uh, that... Chaka Knox did with um, Jeff um, Wright, right? With Jeff Wright and Jason Farley, um, yeah. Uh, that was he said pretty much everything I wanted to say in in that program. He really did. But you guys went for like what two and a half hours? Or yeah, something? I, we, were, we were trying to be I, like you. We went I, for three. I, <laughs> 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 Is that what he does? He, does, he, does oh, he, he can. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> we know you can. Very rare. Very uh, rare. I am significantly more concise. Well, I got. Uh, also, uh, I don't have much time left. I got in I, here. Uh, I got in here right before you got on, and I said we're not going three hours tonight. So just yeah. so you know, we're, we're this, right. we all got. That's you know, right. Doctor White's getting old. And he's going to bed. I didn't so, say that. That's right. I didn't right. say that. I'm, I, hey, that's true. I, so, I, that's true. I, I, I take I, it. I, I take it. it. So, Doctor White, I, I think it would be helpful. I would like for you to take the first shot. You, you've listened to us. You've, you've heard us. You've done your homework. You've done your homework, and I'd like for you to give us, you know, just I don't know, a short uh, summary of your take on this conversation and your concerns. Yeah. Let me just let me just lay it out, and then we're not going to be able to go through everything in the brief time we have, but um, let's, let's do it. Um, first of all, the, the title for the backstage uh, was the failure of Baptist theology, right? Yes. Um, and it did in fact involve a, 
a failure, I believe, and most of us believed, Jeff believed as well, of accurately defining Baptist theology and in particular sacramentology, or we would call the doctrine of ordinances if we wanted to go that direction, calling men and women, boys and girls, to submit to the Lordship of Christ in faith and repentance is about as far away from teaching them they can autonomously choose their own gender as saying Doug Wilson's constant penchant for using obscure vocabulary teaches the world that they don't need dictionaries. Okay, there's no, there's, there's no connection between the two. He, he, he All right, was, he was, he's been working on that one. Yeah, you think Doug does that? You, you know, just off the fly? No, he he works on it too. Yeah, he does. Um, and the the point being, we do need to talk about what. Baptists are doing when they call people to faith and repentance because it's faith and repentance to the Lordship of Christ, which means an entire worldview. I, I just challenge and must challenge the assertion mm -hmm. that there is any meaningful connection whatsoever to any concept of promoting autonomy on people's part that is a part of the Baptist understanding at that point, whether Reformed Baptist or otherwise. Look, there are Baptists that don't even think about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are Presbyterians that don't even think about this stuff. We're not even talking about them. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be talking about them. That's that's point number one. Point yeah. number two, this yeah. is far more important to me. Yes. Okay, this is more important to me. This is, this is where we look at where we go in the future. Okay, once we get past this and once we hopefully benefit from this mm -hmm. and stuff like that, what about the future? The real issue is that we can, and some of us have, clearly identified the central locus of the current sexual revolution and gender insanity, and it is not Baptist sacramentology, not by a long shot. Um, the utterly childish meltdown on the societal level that we're seeing today did not require any errors to be taught by the church. This is something that Chocolate Knox and I discussed. Yeah. It finds its origin and source in the deadly confluence of rabid secularism fed by Marx and all his modern sycophants, Darwin and his deadly naturalism, mm -hmm. and plain old hub hubris and rebellion, where those in sin encourage others to do the same. And so, guys, I, I did my first debate on same-sex mirage I think 19 years ago, I'm not, I'm not new mm. to this area mm -hmm. and I've debated Graham Codrington. I don't know if you guys have seen that. In fact, yeah. I, I don't tell me if you haven't, because I might start weeping. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let, let's just, let me just throw it out there. But, but, but it would I be did, fun to see him weeping. Uh, those aren't, I guess. But, those aren't the tears you I've want done, from Dr. White. <laughs> I, I've done two debates. I've done two debates with Graham Codrington. Graham Codrington is a, a, a globally known futurist and public speaker. He's a very, very sharp guy. And I debated him twice in South Africa on homosexuality and gay mirage. These are sharp guys. And so I've been having to listen to them. I was going to ask if, if Jason was on, I was going to ask him, how many, how many books do you think you've read from the proponents of the sexual revolution? Because they're not fun to read. Mm -mm. I don't know if any of you have read my book, Same-Sex Controversy. Mm -mm. That was 2001. 
And I had to read all sorts of books I didn't want to read right. back then, mm-hmm. write right. that book. And that was 2001. That was 21 stinking years wow. ago. Right. Can wow. you imagine what's come out since then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had to keep up with much of that stuff. And it's spiritually destructive. I'm going to tell you something. It's spiritually destructive to have to read this stuff. But the point is, I know where these people are coming from. I know what the background and their the form of their argumentation, the worldview and everything else. And I we need to be, you want to want to teach our children, you want to you you want to communicate to our 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 grandchildren. Now that's that's all I'm talking about these days, grandchildren. Right. Um the, we need to be communicating to them with passion, not just the Christian worldview of man. But the Christian worldview of man, which gives you meaning and purpose and guidance and stability in this life. Because look around you, kids. You see people destroying their lives right, left, and center. You know why? It's because they don't have a foundation to stand on. And that's what we've got to be communicating with passion. And the only way to do that is to know the real motivations for transgenderism. Mm -hmm. And it's not a communication because of some uh, American Baptist understanding of autonomy, mm-hmm. it is the whole worldview of Marx and Darwin and secularism that turns them into bags of fizzing chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's where it's coming from. And if someone really wants to make the argument, and if you guys want to, go ahead, but if you really want to make the argument that me as a parent, thinking about my kids, um, me as a parent saying to my my kids that they need to bow the knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ and everything that meant. That means an entire worldview. That means he's your creator. He gets to define who you are. He gets to call you to whatever he wants to call you in this life. Um, at, at, at Apologia, when we, when we do uh, baptisms of younger people, okay, uh, Jeff or myself uh, will ask the young person, Mm-hmm. Well, when we're baptizing, when we're baptizing an adult, we'll 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 ask specific theological questions about the mm-hmm. deity of Christ, resurrection issues like that. When you're talking to a younger person, one of the things that I've picked up from from Jeff that I really like is instead of using terms like "Do you believe in the lordship of Christ?" Does Jesus get to tell you what to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like yes, yes, that's <laughs> that's what you're. He is is he your boss? Yes. Yes. He is Lord. He is boss. You're using that kind of language. So that's what we're calling people to. The idea that that communicates to them, oh, I can get to choose whether I'm a boy or a girl, taken into the secular perspective, is simply not even even grounded in reality. And that's, that's what made most of us just sit back and go, whoa, wait, you know, and I tried to listen with some level of, um, a compassion, I guess, to try to, to understand. <laughs> um, uh, but it still just left me going, nah, come on. There needs to be some serious rethinking of this assertion. So, so there you go. Dr. White, I just, one couple follow-up questions. One is, um, have you read Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self? And what yeah. what, what, what did you think? Uh I mean, obviously, the, the the background of of continental philosophy and everything else is useful and helpful. Um, I I would like it to have communicated with a little more 
a, a little less history and a little more passion. Okay. Um, one of the things that I found helpful in his book that I'm curious about mm-hmm. is um, he talked about the whole idea of a, uh, I think he called it a social imaginary. Um, just, just this notion that ideas, it's not like um, teenagers are reading Rousseau or Marx or Darwin and then saying, you know what, I think I'm going to change my gender now. What, what happens is that you've got these ideas and they seep into the water of a culture. And in, in such a way that um, he, what he described is he says it, it makes certain things seem plausible so, so that the idea that somebody, he, he, I think he says earlier on the book, you know, if somebody told my dad 50 years ago, um, I'm a boy trapped in a girl's body or mm-hmm. I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body, no one would have a category for that and would just think this guy's crazy, take him off to the crazy house. But he says yep. these social imaginaries are things that um, they're just ways of thinking that we don't think about that cr- that create sort of plausibility structures D- does does that resonate with you do you think that that um well, it, it, does culture does culture work that way well culture is our culture is becoming less and less complex to be honest with you sure i mean our, our culture is becoming permanently childish mm-hmm. it, the idea of reflection the idea of of critical thought is we are we are now emoting rather than thinking. And right. so I'm sure you've read Abigail Schreier's um, mm-hmm. Irreparable Damage. Yeah. Familiar with yes? Familiar yeah. with okay. I haven't read yeah, it all, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. and I listen I to have, it on audio. I have, I have told everybody, if you are a parent, you must read that book because okay. it is... I mean, you, you know, if Amazon w- wants to try to get rid of it, there's a reason for it. The point is that she documents that this movement is not even 10 years old. It really isn't. I mean, homosexuality, gay mirage, sure. But transgenderism, this concept, have there always been cross-dressers? Yeah, okay. The, the, the idea of sexual perversity in that area, fine. But 13-year-olds getting double mastectomies, um, giving poisonous puberty blockers to eight-year-olds. This is brand new and it could not exist without TikTok and YouTube. And the vast majority, especially of young women who are experiencing this desire for testosterone, this happened fast and it utilized social media and it's tapping in to the collapse of the family And I don't know how a social imaginative really expresses the purposeful confluence of the educational system, um, uh, big tech, uh, medicine, et cetera, et cetera, to produce this astonishing aspect of the culture of death. So if you want to talk, I mean, all this is an expression of the culture of death. Right. All of this is rebellion against Jesus said, I'm coming. They might have life. So what do you expect rebels to do? They're going to do everything they can to produce death. Right. Um, They've been doing this for a long time. And I just don't know if the um, cultural imaginative format can explain the speed and the effectiveness of the social media production of 
right. transgenderism right. as we are experiencing it now and as it is literally destroying mainly young women. Oh. There are young men right. that, you know, they, they get chopped up Car and everything else, but yeah. I'm not sure what the percentages are, but I think it's about 80-20, if I recall correctly. Wow. Well, I think I think part of, you know, if I walked into Corinth or some pagan nation. Um, Corinth? Corinth. Okay. Corinth. Okay. All right. I'm fine with how I said it. <laughs> All right. Um, and if I, if I walked into a pagan nation and I'm the church, I'm planning a church, I'm, I'm going to be pulling my deacons out of the brothel houses. I'm going to be telling that, hey, excommunicating this guy who married this guy's mom, you know, uh, it's uh, the, the church's impact on that culture is very um, subdued and different because it's coming into a pagan nation where if I come into the U S which is um, drastically been a Christian nation for a long time, I'm my analysis is going to be coming from a different angle right. because the church is re more responsible for the condition of that nation than let's say um, the, the, the church in Corinthians. Right. I want to just. Well, I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Let, go me, ahead. let me piggyback off, off that. I agree with that. Um, I want to say a couple things. First of all, um, first the way you describe baptism, uh, Doctor White. I I want to be really clear that I have never once thought that anything we were trying to communicate was saying that the way you describe baptism has anything to do with the transgender crisis. So let me just. I've said that a few places, but I just want to say it again. Submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is just the opposite. We, 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 we agree completely on that. Um, and what, uh, what, we've, what I've meant, I wasn't on the original show, but what, we've, what I heard when I listened to the show and what I believe Jason meant in terms of his, the, the most inflammatory comments has been a, the, a, uh, a radically individualistic, revivalistic, Functionally, if not actually, Arminian decisionism, okay, uh, which is the opposite of the submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, and in this sense, uh, Knox and I said in the follow-up show, um, even the Presbyterians are Baptists in this sense, um, where they make everything about the, uh, the uh, I think Carl Truman uses the phrase, turning institutions and ceremonies uh, that used to tell us what we're supposed to be turning those things into platforms for self-expression. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I think that, and, and so that's the first thing I would just say, I think that's what I've meant all along. I believe that's what Jason meant. That's what I think all of us have meant. Um, and so uh, I think modern evangelical is another word that a lot of us have used to describe the disease in our country, modern evangelicalism. Um, and again, I would say, which has been vastly Baptistic, but I don't. I'm not talking specifically about the notion of uh, credo baptism. I really am not. But what I'm saying is, popularly, many people have said um, this is the place where you express emotionally and experientially sort of your sacred self. The, the, and, and Jason actually said that in the show too. And um, yeah. and and I would say, despite. A good bit of pushback. There have been a number of Baptists who said that's exactly the church I grew up in. I, I, a lot of Baptists have been writing into us and saying, "Oh yeah, that's exactly the church I grew up in." All the emphasis was on you feeling good, you looking deep down inside, you making a decision, and then that sacred, holy choice being then uh, honored and respected in this moment where you go forward and you get baptized. Um, not as a submission to the lordship of Christ, but really functionally, even if they don't say this, a submission to their own lordship. 
And their own feelings. Their own feelings, yeah. their own autonomy. And, and I, think, um, I think modern evangelicalism uh, does that in a lot of their worship. I mean, it's, it's, it's this, you know, we're going to massage your feelings, your ego, make you feel good. And it's, we're going to turn the lights down. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, again, maybe, maybe I have a little bit of a misconception of Baptist world. I don't know. And I'm willing to be corrected on that, but I would just say that's been my perception is that America has been, is predominantly Baptistic and predominantly in, in terms of church attendance, in terms of Christians and um, and is this sort of modern evangelical um, emotionalism, revivalism, um, and then, you know, if it doesn't work, go do it again. If, if it didn't really mean it, go do it again. Um, I, I mean, I've talked to Baptist friends who said they, you know, they got baptized four or five times because they, they didn't really mean it the first time, and so they wanted to do it until they meant it. And so I, I, I've been given this impression. That was me. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and so I don't think that's what you think at all. I don't think that's what my reformed 1689 confessional b- brothers believe at all. And so that's why it never really crossed my mind initially when I listened to it, like why in the world would they take this to mean talking about them? Because of course they mean, even though we disagree on the timing, I know that what you mean is Jesus is Lord, not you. And so that's, that's maybe the place where we talked past each other a little bit. Well, and, but let me just let me just push back by pointing out that mm-hmm. that when when the statement was made, the uh, Gabe offered uh, the opportunity to sort of um, tone down what had been said, and instead there was a doubling down. No, I said it was the he he used the, the definite article the cause um, the cause the cause yep. of transgenderism, and then it, it sort of got a little bit. Uh, talked over because you guys do that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there wasn't any organ music, but the guy who does that normally <laughs> talks over people. Um, but uh, th- then it was it was said, well, if not them, they're pastors. So there there was the assertion that it's the pastors, that it's the it's the the Baptist pastors, and it would have it there would have been it it would have taken ten seconds. Because one of the confessions of faith that can be used in local assemblies in the CREC is the London Baptist Confession of Faith. That's right. So so it would have taken 10 seconds to say, now, you know, we're not talking about those guys. We're not talking about guys who understand the covenant, argue with us about the nature of the new covenant, do all sorts of stuff like that. We're just talking about the people that, well, let's just be honest, don't take seriously uh, the whole concept of the sacraments to begin with, because uh, Jeff mentioned on the, the program, and he's right, um, that there are major Southern Baptist churches. Now, he said that they had a slide that you went down in the baptistry. And what I heard <laughs> and actually saw at one of the churches was they put the baptistry for the use for kids uh, in a pirate ship. And so when you would get dunked, the guns would come out and fire. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've grabbed those clips for Wretched. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm saying is someone that does that has not, saw, has not thought seriously, does not take seriously, right. has no interest in having a connection with the, with the church in the past or 
anything like that in regards to what baptism actually is supposed to be about. And so 10 seconds would have given you all the the shield that you needed uh, to laugh at the memes, but say, ah, no, 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 no. We made a clear differentiation. And yet when the opportunity was there, it's like, I hold the pastors accountable for this. Well, and I think a lot of people heard the heard you all saying that calling children to repentance and faith is the moment where you give them this autonomous opportunity. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know about all these people and saying what their experience was. Maybe my experience because I didn't grow up Reformed Baptist. Yeah, I, I was in I was I was independent independent fundamentalist Baptist. I was. Uh, Jen, uh, ever ever heard the GRB? No, no, yes. really? Yes, I have. Oh wow, yeah, General Association of Regular Baptists. So, wow, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't swim in a pool with a female, and um, oh yeah, I know I, you guys. I remember, yep. I remember an entire yep. sermon on how pantsuits were going to send you to hell. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, so that was that was my background, but we took baptism pretty seriously. Uh-huh. We didn't have any. We didn't have any pirate ships, and 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 there wasn't anything like that so at I, all. I just want to I just want to ask one follow up is so uh, the the just a couple minutes after that in the show, Jared Longshore did say, "Now, if some of my Baptist brothers are tempted to be offended at this, I want to put my arm around them and I want to say to them." We are not saying that you are causing, you're not doing transgenderism. You're not involved in transgenderism. And, and so like he, he did come out and say, look, we're not saying that there's this direct cause. And, and you know, Jason didn't say, no, 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 I, I, I want you to know. He, he chuckled in, in agreement with him. And, and the whole conversation around it was, again, talking about, I would say, this radical individualism versus this more covenantal thinking and, and, uh, and, and the driving the wedge between um, an identity that God gives, God sovereignly gives, or an identity that individuals choose for themselves and make for themselves and that that is what's being honored and, and made sacred. And can now this, the, the, this, this allows us to touch on something that <clears throat> I think a lot of people, I don't know if you've seen it, um, but there's been a secondary surge of social media pushback and it's pushing back against people like myself who aren't just simply doing the nuclear option and cancel your Canon plus subscription type of thing that was, that was going on there for a few days. And what they're basically saying is, well, look, what they are actually saying, you guys are actually saying, is sacerdotalism. It's um, straight up um, infant baptismal regeneration stuff. And I'm sitting here going, okay, look, it would be helpful in this situation if we clarify what we think baptism actually does because okay let's say uh see i'm still i'm still utterly unconvinced that even if all the southern baptist well not southern baptist but all the baptist and southern baptist churches in the south 
we're doing the, this is your opportunity to express your real self idea of baptism, which I'll be honest, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but I've, I've just never heard it expressed that way. Yeah. Well, I, grew, uh, I grew up in Dallas and all my, all my Baptist friends went through that process. Well, look, no, look, the average Southern Baptist, do you know how often the average Southern Baptist is baptized? <laughs> how many, how many times? 2.75 times. Right? They got nothing on those charismatics. <laughs> How many times have you been baptized? I le- five. At least five. Oh, my gracious. Wow. And my, my, sweet, my sweet grandma's been baptized five or six times. Wow. But, and it's almost always the same pattern. You, you get baptized. We'll, we'll call it an almost infant baptism. Uh, you're the early one where they can barely see your head in the baptistry. Uh, <laughs> then you're on some youth retreat yep, uh, yep, at yep. 13, 14 oh, yeah. years of age. Mm-hmm. And I, I now I'm getting serious about my faith. And I really wasn't serious back then. You get baptized again. And then your 0.75 is the people who finally mature at age 25 and go, I didn't have a clue what in the world was going on yep. back then. I had no idea what any of this meant. Yep. And so you, you get baptized again. So I get that. Yeah. Um, because that was that is a that's just the facts. That's that's the numbers. But still, even in those situations, I've just never seen a situation where. And again, maybe I was just in better Baptist churches, but where it was like this is your self-expression type thing. But that that aside for a moment, a number of statements have been made in in regards to uh, what baptism actually does, mm-hmm. and this is this is a this will always be my grave concern. Um, what was my, what was my, you guys know when I first met Doug? Was this your debate with him? The Catholic debate? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 2004. Yeah. Um, and this was. Our, our Catholic, my brother's debate is what it was. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what was the background of that? It was the federal vision stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I took and continue to take a tremendous amount of heat and criticism because from the Auburn Avenue uh, mm-hmm. conference, mm-hmm. What, what what year was that? Oh, one. Yeah. I think, I think oh, that's two, oh, oh, one, oh, oh, two, oh, one or oh, two right yeah. in there. Yeah. Some, it was, it was somewhere after we survived Y2K. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and that was the title of that conference was federal vision conference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So from the beginning, when I listened to all those presentations, as a relatively more younger man back then, um, I diff- I had to differentiate between the various speakers because I could tell yeah. that they were at different places in a spectrum. And I always saw Doug in a different position mm-hmm. than many of the more radical proponents of the, of the position. Yeah. And as you know, he has uh, disassociated with the terminology. He and I have done a sweater vest dialogue talking about uh, justification and faith and mm-hmm. grace, and election and, and all the rest of this stuff. But the big issue comes down to what does baptism do? And I think a lot of people were basically hearing that, well, baptism marks you out. Um, and that's why we're not bringing this criticism against ourselves. You brought criticism against Presbyterians for all sorts of bunch, bunch of other things. And by the way, you keep bringing up revoice. And I sit here going, I, I, 
I struggle to see how you guys are in any way, shape, or form even connected with. Oh, that's another anything. conversation. Yeah. That's another that's easy conversation. For me, but go ahead, Doc. We wear robes. <laughs> so, so, so anyway. Hey, can I, can, uh, I, can I just fit something in there real quick, Doc? And I'll let you keep going. I, I just want to fit inside there that there actually was, in the, especially in the backstage, I said to Jared, I said, so if I just start baptizing my babies, that's it. And he said uh, to, to both Jason and Jared, I said, they said, no. Because there is this point where it's like, just because you do these things, it isn't like us. They didn't say it like this, but I'm verbalizing it like this. It's not a vending machine. You don't just do it and it happens. It's, it's not ex opere operato to answer your question. It's okay. faith. So, so you, you heard me. You heard on yes. the program. Yeah. My guys, I, I have seen ex opera operato sacramentalism yeah. destroy Mm -hmm. men, their ministries, their families, denominations. And I, I hope, I hope you hear my heart. There is a, there is a temptation toward externalism. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even amongst the reform. Yes. Oh, Especially yeah. amongst the oh, reform yeah. and our liturgy and all those things. I, I, I exactly. can present the, outs we can present the outside of the cup really well in our denomination. Okay. So, if we are going to, I, I, I think Doug and I probably agree, and I, I, I think I hopefully, I'm not sure where you guys are on this. We've talked about it on the program before. I could see some dark times ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see an extended period of dark time ahead, mm -hmm. with still believing Christ is going to put all of his enemies under his feet. That's right. But That's right. we, at the same time, might still be in the early church. Yeah. <laughs> and Amen. if we are, that means there could be some really challenging times right ahead of us. And and I'm just simply saying it is going to be our dedication to the absolute freedom and sovereignty of God's grace in the salvation of those whom he chooses. Amen. That is going to be the, that and an absolute confidence in the word of God, absolute God. acceptance yeah. of its ultimate authority. Those are the only foundations that are going to last and provide us the foundation for rebuilding after all this mess collapses. Amen. And the acid, the acid that can destroy it is any form of sacerdotalism, any I, form of it. I, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. with you. If you have, I, I don't know why you're not playing the organ well, for I mean, Dr. I White. Trying I, to find I mean, where here. is the organ? Um, so doc, so I just want to say a couple of things. You're not even <laughs> wearing a suit. You're not even wearing a suit. Uh, no, I, I mean, usually am. Well, because I wore the fight, laugh, feasting. I'm wanna... better dressed than you are. <laughs> I am better dressed. Sacerdotalism. Hey, look, he's got that cross <laughs> on and everything. Are you trying to... <laughs> look, looking kind of papist over there. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, hold on. One, have a whole cross, one, by the way. One controversy really at a time, people. One, one, one at a time. So, Doc, you know, actually, it's funny because I think Jason's not here. He's actually in Texas trying to make money and stuff like that. He would love to be here and love to talk with you, I'm sure. I want to set that up. Maybe a knock some plug, a three-hour conversation. That would be awesome. Is that a Yes. <laughs> Three hours. We're live. We're live I, right now. I, 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 do you do you have enough depends in Geritol? <laughs> no. The question is, Doc, do you have enough depends? In Geritol? <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> no, no. Three see, hours is a little long. No, no. We'll, yeah. we'll, whatever time you want to go, we'll let That's you go. Good. But um, but seriously, you're welcome. I would love to have you come on Knox Unplug and work and through Jason, more more yeah, time yeah. and details mm -hmm. and work through this a lot. But 
What I want to say is that was actually the whole point that Jason was trying to make in the the backstage. He was trying to push to Psalm eight to say Psalm, Psalm eleven. Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm, Psalm, Psalm eleven. Thank you. Uh, Psalm, 11, yeah. Psalm eleven. Uh, like, what do we do when the foundations are destroyed? When, what do the righteous do? Yes, look and say, Lord, judge me. Run to the temple, judge me, and, and find if there's anything in me that is causing or the the act of this, and then save us. <laughs> right, yeah. that we are in trouble. And so I, I don't think that. Jason would disagree with anything you just said, Pat, right there. And also, I want to bring this up. Jason was inside of the Fight, Laugh, Feast fam app, which I'm sure Dr. White has, so he's already seen this, right, Dr. White? <laughs> he's, he's downloaded I'm not looking at my phone. I'm, I'm actually concentrating on what you guys are saying. I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is, I, this is yesterday I found this. So okay. I was listening to you. He said, I meant what, he said, what I meant was that the radical individualism of modern evangelical Armenian relativistic non-covenantal seeker focused Baptist denominated, but <laughs> but not solely credo Baptist therapeutic learning American Christian church without the breaks installed uh, breaks being the spirit and the word in our tradition leads to the movements like the transgender movement. God yanks the leash when we makes what uh, God yanks the leash. When we make errors in certain directions and one of the ways that God yanks the leash is that he lets some of our neighbors go all the way in that direction. OK, so you're not and I know that that you might not agree with the ending result of it, but at least there's some details of clearing up what he's meaning by what he but what he was trying yeah, to say. I, if you know. that if that had been said originally, we wouldn't be sitting here and all those memes yeah. wouldn't have gotten which, produced, which would and, be a real bummer. I'm just saying uh, it could I, mean, be a real bummer. I, I wouldn't I mean, have got 15 minutes with you, but. I still push back on, I think That's right. we have identified 98.5% of the motivation, source, and power behind the transgender movement. I don't think the last 1.5% is going to make all that much of a difference. And my concern is, I, I just think that it obscures where we have to be focused. Okay, Everything that was just said, because that description, which was this long, that description was an argument in and of itself against the worldview that has produced the transgender movement. It's the idea of us uh, being autonomous creatures. Right. But it's not just that. The one thing missing there that is absolutely necessary for transgenderism is that there is no creator, there is no day of judgment, there is no purpose, there is no objective truth. This is a massive worldview issue. We all agree about that. Mm-hmm. But I think we end up confusing people when we drag in something about, well, the church has taught the world. And you and I discussed this. I'll, I know. Can, can you I, and me and, and Gabe, we all we all did the same thing. When you say, I wasn't church, part of it. I wasn't part of it. Because you ain't black, <laughs> though. Well, you know, I'm you black. on the original program. <laughs> but, but, but again, when we talk about the church, what are we talking about? We're not we're not talking about hopefully any any denomination, any group of churches that actually takes seriously our calling to proclaim the whole counsel of God. Yeah, I, I mean we. So so what do we call those people? When I, I mean obviously all the the pedo Baptist female minister rainbow stole ladies. Yeah who are doing their thing, the world looks to them and, and uses them against us, don't they? Mm -hmm. See, there's no there's no unified Christian position here, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Does that have anything 
to do with the true church, first of all, or is it our responsibility to take the lumps and just directly say, synagogue of Satan? That's not the church. Well, okay, That's so, 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 Doc, so this is, let, let me just, and okay, I'm going to try and explain this without taking too much of the time because I know you got to run too. But when I look at this, I don't think that. No, no, no. You said Toby has to run. Oh, well, in that case. All right. <laughs> you said Toby has to Don't blame. Don't go blaming me. Okay. I put everything aside to be with you all. Isn't it your bedtime? See? Don't play. I'll make you pull out one of those depends. Keep playing with me. We'll be here for a minute. No, but I don't think the universe is random. I don't think it is random at all. I think that – so when I see something – um, I'm going to start first with me and my family. When I look at my children and I'm seeing my children engaging or act, act uh, what did you say? You're going to get me or something. I didn't say any, I didn't say anything, but I was listening to you saying this to Jeff. Okay. So I won't earlier have to, today. Right. So I, I think that there's a reality to that. I also think that, that there's a reason that judgment starts in the house of God. I don't think that it's random that it does. I think that there is an outflowing from the house of God that has taught the pagans how to uh, uh, blaspheme. Right. So that's why we they had to, they had to wait a minute. Help help me out here, because I one, one of the one of the thoughts that I had was we're supposed to share a reformed anthropology. OK, mm -hmm. so why would an unregenerate God hater need to be taught now, look, under the, under, when Israel profaned what God told them, their neighbors looked at it and said, you're hypocrites. Okay, that's fine. But God never, God never blamed Israel for starting the worship of Baal. Didn't he blamed Israel for collapsing into the, the, the synchronistic worship of Baal. Doesn't, but he never said, you started this. Doesn't, no, they started it. Doesn't the scriptures, it existed before they came in. But I, doesn't the scriptures oh. say that the, the, the pagans blaspheme because of you? Right, because, but, but that, that wasn't all their blasphemies. They were blaspheming the name of Yahweh because his people did not live consistently with Yahweh's commands. But that had nothing to do with their child sacrifice. They didn't start Moloch worship. They didn't start the Baal worship. That the pagans don't need us to teach them to profane. That's what I don't understand here is to say, well, you know, it's it's the, the church has to teach the culture how to uh, screw up God's creation. No, they they do that. In fact, if God, if what we're seeing now, in my opinion, I don't know what you think about this, but in my opinion, what we're seeing in our culture right now is the withdrawal of the hand of restraint yeah. on man's naturally. Yeah, yeah. It's that's that's how the judgment is coming on a nation that but, that used to be a Christian strong Christian strong nation, Christian. but in, and also a in Ezekiel, nation in, that, in a, Ezekiel, um, uh, Ezekiel says, uh, "You, you Israel, you Judah, have taught Sodom and Gomorrah a thing or two about how to disobey God." You, you and, and he lists actually some other nations there too, not just Sodom and Gomorrah. And and so um, the church. What do you think? What do you think that's saying? Do you, I, do you think that's saying that 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 Israel is incredibly sinful, and that's why judgment's coming upon them? Or is that saying that Sodom and Gomorrah hadn't been able to think up enough sins, but now? And obviously, this is meant poetically because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't exist when Ezekiel right. was saying these things. Mm -hmm. But the the point is, 
that just as Jesus said Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented long ago in, in sackcloth and ashes, mm -hmm. that's a condemnation of the people who claim to have all the light. Yeah. Right. My point is this idea that that we have to teach the pagans how to pervert God's creation. That's not that, that doesn't follow from what's being said. No, but I, I think I think, part, I think no, that's that's fair. But I think what we're saying though is so there is a I guess what I would say back to the earlier when you were talking about just exactly how fast the transgender movement has gone, I think you're absolutely right. It's insane. And, and it's going hundred miles an hour as and, opposed to what it was. And before. I agree with you yeah. completely. This is the withdrawal of God's gracious restraint and it is his judgment. It's his turning us over. But I think the thing that what we're trying to say is I think before that, I think there is a restraining, a restraint both from God, but I think it's also sociologically and politically in cultures, when God's people are under God's blessing, it has a kind of blessing on the nation around them. The culture around is, is they're still bad. They still blaspheme. They still sleep around. They still do things that are bad. But the, but the, when the culture is centered around God's people and they're under God's blessing, it has a restraining impact on the evil. It's still, they're still evil. Let me, out there. Let, let, but then, let, but let, let, let me finish the sentence think, real quick. Let me just finish the sentence. So then what happens, though, is I think when God's people then turn away from God, judgment begins with the house of God. God begins to turn his own people over to their sins. And so you get lesbian Eskimo bishops. And then when you get lesbian Eskimo bishops, the world says, hey, look, they're the people of God. Now, I'm, saying, I'm not saying they think this, but I think effectively they see there's no fear of God even before the people who claim to love God. Hey, let's go. And I think God lifts the restraint and then the pagans go 100 miles an hour. Maybe, maybe you know. And that's what Jason we've said in. The, ordinarily, I think when when God's people are are under God's blessing and, are, and under the fear of God, the pagans, you know, they're going, they're doing paganism at forty miles an hour. Like they're still doing paganism. They're still doing bad things, and no one needs to teach them to do bad things. But then when God's judgment falls on the people of God because they're being wicked, I think that has even more repercussions, and I think that speeds it up to hundred miles an hour. I think that's what turns on the TikTok and the YouTube phenom mm -hmm. and little girls getting mastectomies okay I, 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 there's just so many things there but first of all i think that what flows from the church to the culture is god's blessing god's grace god's truth because that's not going to come from the culture right. that doesn't come right. from the natural world yeah that is supernatural that's grace right. and so the primary thing that flows from the church to the culture is grace and mercy and uh, peace and harmony and understanding of the truth around everything else which this, restrains evil, right? Which restrains some evil, right? What? Which restrains some I'm evil. Sorry? Oh yeah. The 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 I have said many, many times a sound discerning church is a blessing upon any nation. And so if God determines in his sovereignty to bring judgment upon a nation, what is that going to entail? What's that is is it is that not going to result in what we're seeing today where we can't even identify? Look, the lesbian Eskimo bishop is not a representative of the church of Jesus Christ, or is she? I would say she claims to be. Right. <laughs> is there, do we have a category for Pseudadelphoi? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, or I would say, Aaron uh, Sons. I, I would, or I would say the, the lampstand removed. 
right? Revelation. So I think there there probably was a church there at one time. Um, you know, most of these are Presbyterians. There was a believers there, but they they were they they sinned, they rebelled, they apostatized, and God gave them over to lesbian Eskimo bishops and and removed the lambs. Are they still the church? But are they still like let let, let me get, give you a, a, a clear example? Um, Union Theological Seminary. I call it the Walker Seminary. Walker as in the TV series where you've got dead people walking around that are falling apart. Um, <laughs> Not Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, so, I was going to be insulted. Yeah, it's a completely different thing. Because <laughs> um, he's cool. Um, but they they went apostate in the late 19th century. So they, they've been apostate for about 130 years. But they're still there. And those are the guys that had, remember a couple years ago when they had the... Um, Chapel service the prayer for the, the trees, yeah, trees yeah. walking. I remember that. Yes. I remember. We, we talked about the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. we saw okay, that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I call them the Walker Seminary, and they're more Buddhist today than yeah. they are anything else. But is that okay? They were once, you know, they were they were built with the money of faithful Christians. Yeah. But after 130 years, do we still say that they're a, 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 an empty lampstand or? Or have they just, when do you draw the line and say, that's not the church anymore? I, hey, Doc, I'm totally happy if you want to start putting together together a council and we or a presbytery, maybe. And we can all come together and decide to completely <laughs> remove them. out. I'm totally happy. You want to start that? I'm with that. I'm with you. Let's do it. <laughs> let's create some more unity and make some serious judgment. Hey, as, on, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's do it, man. I'm but with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because uh, yes. when, we, when, we, when we talk about the, the Eskimo lesbian bishop, and I feel sorry for her. We're picking on her all this time. <laughs> did, she, did I just misgender her? I don't know. Am I going to be fair? I don't know. Um, but... But uh, if we keep talking about her, the, the question is, she she doesn't have she's not actually a bishop. That's not biblical. Right. Um, she's in rebellion against God. Why do we allow her to represent, quote unquote, a part of the church and say this is how the church is teaching the culture? But it's not the church. It's not Christ church. And there are still there are still lots of us out here who have stood firm. Right. And we're yeah. saying to the culture. No, and we're living consistently with that, and we're raising our children that way, and and so on and so forth. So, is what about that? I, I mean, right now it seems to me, you know, you, you you talk about well, this is such a it was such a great Christian nation, and I look back at every period in time in U.S. history, and there has been sin. The, the foundations, yeah. the foundations came from the Christian scriptures, but. Mm -hmm. There have been deists and heretics yeah. mm -hmm. and unbelievers yep. all along, and I don't know when in what what at what point in, in American history do you feel um, there was a majority of true believers? I'm not I'm not talking about people who just darkened the door of a church three times a year. I'm I'm talking about people who daily seek to bring their lives under the lordship of jesus christ has there ever been a time in american history where you would say the majority of the the u.s citizenry would be described that way yeah actually doc i would have a problem saying that yes in one sense because you don't get the when? kind of we don't have you don't get the kind of blessings that we have in america Apart from, I don't, again, I don't think the world is random. The blessing from God. Yeah. America, the most blessed nation that I can think about recently. I mean, we are 
uberly blessed in ways we haven't ever seen before in history. You don't get that randomly. So that's, you have that, to have some that sort couldn't of, be, that couldn't, that couldn't be a part of God's purpose in uh, making a nation that would uh, uh, defeat Nazism and, and so on and so forth. That that's a result of. So, so in the 1920s, then we were a mainly Christian nation. Have yeah, you read I, F. Scott Fitzgerald? Uh, who? That was uh, Calvin Coolidge was president then. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, even even look look even during cool the Civil War, even even during the Civil War, where you can see a huge distinction in believers and the vast majority of people were were not following the lordship of Jesus Christ. So so you, so you don't think you don't think that. You don't think that America has been blessed the way it has because of. Go ahead. Well, I, no, I'm waiting for you to you, say. You, it you don't think that America's God's been blessed? Blessing, the, yeah. God's Go blessing. God's blessing does it is not solely based upon. Well, this is just a really, really great people over here, so I'm going to bless them. I mean, if if that were the case, we should have nuclear weapons raining upon us right now. But do you do you think right. that do you think China is going to do you think China is going to fall because of the people of God that are being faithful that might be underground? Because I believe I that. would I, I I hope that that's the case. I, I believe it though. I would love to see that be such a glorious example of the overthrow of secular atheism, and, and that would be wonderful. It's coming, Doc. But, <laughs> and if it doesn't, oh, no. that, that's not going to change. That's not going to change. When my people who are called we're, we're by sort of, my name. We're sort of missing the point here. And that is, you, the, the idea is that I believe what flows from the church to the culture is primarily grace and truth. Right. And what you're saying is, but yeah, apostate Christianity can teach the culture to do bad things. And I get the idea that, oh, you know, if the if the primary religious figures in a particular city are a bunch of apostate hypocrites, that's a curse upon that city. I get it. Yeah. Fine, I, no, no problem. I, the restraint isn't there. But are they the church? I guess what I would say though is I I don't know that it happens quite that fast. I know that right. individuals are believers or not. They're regenerate or not. But I think that um, in culture it it shifts. Slowly. I mean, I I went to a seminary in a in a Presbyterian uh, seminary down in Erskine, where there was United Methodists coming to the seminary, who were believers. Um, as far as I could tell, I believe they were born again, regenerate believers. As I got to know them, and um, some of whom were going to be ministering in very liberal contexts, and um, and. There were, you know, the seminary I went to was part of a denomination that does not ordain women, but there were even some women there who were studying because there was no men in their church and they were going to be, uh, they were going to go back and they said, there's no man here. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the pastor. And of course I disagree with that completely and think that's unbiblical. Um, look for opportunities to talk to them about that. But at the same time, I would, I, I fully expect to meet her in heaven. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, one woman in particular that I believe is regenerate. I think she's very mistaken. Um, but it, it, there's things like that, though, where you can have um, you can have regenerate Christians who are um, making pretty massive mistakes. 
You could have regenerate Christians to influence the who, culture who start embracing Darwinism. You can have regenerate Christians who start embracing Marxism. You can have regenerate Christians that start embracing Romanticism and so forth. Now, at some point down the line, I do believe the lampstand's taken away. They 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 apostatize. They're not in the faith. And yeah, I, I'm not blaming them, but I think and except for just the general way in which they're influencing their neighbors. But to the extent that you have you churches are. Um, the light of the world, and there's a possibility of having that light put under a bushel to the extent that the church is Rebellious. the salt of the earth and that salt can have greater or less savor, I think that does have an impact on the culture around you. And, and, and that seems like a reasonable inference to draw. Like if you you can, I mean, uh, Machen is writing in 19, what, 21 20s, 20s, yeah. liberalism and, and, and Christianity. And, mm-hmm. and you, you read what he's writing and you think <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and so many of the people he's fighting, I I'm expecting probably a lot of them went to heaven. They probably were regenerate, but were very, very confused about modernism. Um, and, and he's fighting the good fight calling them to repentance, telling them, no, the authority of scripture matters. The virgin birth matters. The substitutionary atonement matters. Um, and I think that's, I think, but at the same time, there's still a lot of real Christians there embracing falsehood, embracing error. And that is being um, promulgated to the culture. And they're still looked to as authority. And, and the, you know, people, I mean, back in those days, Presbyterian pastors would have their, their, their sermons published in the newspaper. You know, people were looking to them as moral guides, and those moral guides, the pastors, are saying, hey, it's okay, you can believe in Darwin and the Bible. And it's, have a slave. And you can have a slave. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you right, know, right. and you can, you know, yeah. and you can divorce mm-hmm. your wife or right. whatever. And it's like there was error creeping in even among those who really are regenerate, and they're going to get to heaven and find out they had a lot of things wrong, just mm-hmm. like the rest of us, but, um, but really wrong. And I think that really does flow out of the church disciples people kids and pr- frequently kids grow up in that and of course it gets even worse i mean you know, i mean we're, we're talking about you know i believe that tim keller for example is a born-again believer brother i believe he's going to be in heaven i believe he means well has, has done a lot of good but i see the fruit of his ministry and i'm very concerned about it and i think you see a second generation you see a third generation and what begins as watering down to reach the masses or whatever I think it's watered down even more. And, and second, third generation, you are apostate. And, it, you know, they start with what interpretive dance in the offertory yeah. right now. And I don't know how you don't end up with revoice. We're over, we're over time, but let me, let me just ask you, if God chooses to bring judgment upon a nation, uh, is it in his purview and authority to contract the church during that time of judgment. Of course. What does that look like? Would that not, would that not involve um, apostasy? Would that not involve small faithful congregations remaining faithful against a, a, a cultural flow, the other direction. Um, And wouldn't in that situation, wouldn't it be appropriate to make the distinction to say that the faithful church at that point is the only source of light left in that society mm. and all the darkness and stuff is coming from someplace else. It's not coming from the faithful church. Yeah, I and can, that's why they get raptured out, right? 
No, I did. I do understand uh, chocolate that you have, you know, some confusions in your past. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, last you did mention five baptisms. So, you know, um, I, I absolutely can't imagine that situation. Dr. White, I absolutely can. I think in, in this situation, I guess what we're saying though, is I don't, I don't know that we're there yet. I think that very well may be in our future that I'm, 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 I agree with you. I think things are getting dark. I think they're likely to get darker before they get lighter. Um, nevertheless, I think I look back and I agreeing with my brothers here. I, I think I see, I, I don't know that I don't know history well enough to tell you there's a point in time where the majority were faithful, regenerate Christians. But I would, what I would say is I think there have been times in America's history and in the Christian West broadly in which um, the, the central cultural leadership of the culture really was regenerate Christians. I think there have been times where the leadership of the culture has been regenerate Christians. Maybe, I don't know if full majority or not, but I would say that's part of what God's given us in this land. And I think what we're saying is that that inheritance um, has been squandered and that, that, that inheritance has been squandered and God has judged his people and he's turned us over to madness and in turning us over to madness has turned over the world to, to even greater madness at a breakneck speed because judgment begins with the household of God. Mm-hmm. When the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out. When the light of the world goes dark, then it's dark. It's really dark. The dark is very dark, Jesus says. But uh, there's uh, always light in Goshen. But there's always light Amen. in Amen. Goshen. Dr. White, I want to give you the Amen. last word. Go oh, ahead. Okay, well... Can we agree that if in the original program, um, the lengthy uh, description that you gave from Brother Farley, uh, when you read from the post from yeah, from the app, um, that if that had been clearly enunciated, you might be doing a Friday evening cross politic on a completely different subject. Can we could we agree that yes, if that oh. had yes. that, but, that but level went- of clarity. But it wouldn't have been nearly as fun. You wouldn't but, have called and, me for 50 and, minutes. And, we wouldn't have had you on here reading the ad for the magazine. <laughs> no, all this good we stuff. wouldn't have had any of this. And you know what, Dr. White? We wouldn't have been able look, to. Look, Toby Toby needs some um, <laughs> some ad copy uh, instruction. <laughs> that was a blood thing. That's good. Um, you know? Um, He's not going to let that go. Your, your advertisers deserve the best. Don't that's you think? true. That's true. Well, yeah, okay. that's the, like, well, I, I, would go, I think I, that's the harshest thing he said. That's true. That's true. And uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. White, I'd go one step further. When when our show is kind of like walking into a bar with three Presbyterians and their friends, it's not a systematic theology show. And so I think we can be sloppy in how we communicate on, on and define things sometimes. I think that's possible. And, and I think it happened and, here for sure. I don't have a problem and, with that. As what, long as you don't. As long as you don't mind these coming out, um, you know, uh, <laughs> whoa, as, as a whoa, result, whoa. you know, come on. I would, um, come I would on. just say 20 years ago, I don't think you ever would have done that podcast the way you did it on Tuesday night. I think um, you would have been far harsher with us and less gracious. Why are you starting and, stuff? Whoa, whoa. I, I'm just saying. Are you saying that the white Because because you are you were a brass knuckle fighter back in the day, brother. What are you and trying to say? Swords, All right, those swords would not mic. have stayed on. All right, I'm just gonna turn off his mic, Dr. White. Uh, Dr. White, don't hurt yourself, please. We need you, man. What we about to man. go through? We need you. Wow, Dave, come on. Dave. Bro. Hey, Dr. White, I just want to say, that, no, seriously, I appreciate you, man. And I want to yeah, say that real. thank you for having this conversation because one of the yeah. things that I've noticed is that nobody really. 
There's a lot of people who don't want to have the conversation. They just want to leave and break up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, how, how can we continue to have fellowship if we don't say what we mean and get corrected by it? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's have, let's have the conversation. Let's talk about it. There's a lot of things we haven't even finished uncovering, but I want to keep the fellowship. I want to keep yeah. engaging. I want to keep talking to my brothers mm-hmm. and I want to be sanctified in the process. So I'm grateful for well, it, man. Yeah. I, I think if you put this together with uh, the program you did with Jeff, I think, like I said, uh, that covered a, a wider spectrum of things. It, it did. Um, I, I think you know that's that's really addressed the most of the, most of the important issues, and it has resulted in uh, all of you uh, spending more time on the phone in the past <laughs> oh week. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> than than you have because I know yeah. uh, my my fellow elder Luke, uh, yeah. I think was on the phone. Who was he on the phone with today? Yeah, it's me. It's you. Okay. Yeah. No, one, um, no one ever calls me. I just want to point this out. No one I'm calls cool. me. Because they know you're counseling people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but but I should mention, don't don't mess with Luke again. That's not a wise idea. Okay? Just, he, he, know, he knows where he knows where you live. And um, yeah. Yeah, I got the I got the text from Luke. I got it. Like I even I even saw his face in my text. Like when I was reading it. Hey, so Dad, we get you on Knox Unplug, right? You come, you know what I'm saying? Like hang out with us, me and Jason. We'll 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 see. Okay, you might want to close your ears. I'm coming. I'm coming up. Are you guys going to come up to down to Arizona in October? I'm going to be I'm going to be at Reform Con. Yeah, I'm speaking there. Have you checked to see if you? You can go reformcon.com. As far as I know, I'm still invited to speak at ReformCon, where I hope to give a hug to Dr. White and Luke the Bear. Luke the Bear. And Luke the Bear and Jeff, my man. And keep talking about this. And, um, you know, actually, you know, the last time I was down there, I gave a talk at ReformCon on how culture is downstream. Yeah. From the yeah, church, hey, I know. And Luke maybe, loved it. Maybe you should check that that sermon out. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like seventeen books. He's going to send you after that. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, um, uh, you're going to have to face Luke directly, bro. Uh, so, I'm, 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 I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that's that. Good. And I'm going to love it. But love you. We really appreciate you, you sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. Might want to close your ears. Uh, thanks, guys. If you're single, get married. If you marry, have kids. If you have kids. Go baptize him. <laughs> Not in front of Dr. White. <laughs> Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor Hurry as up. yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. But, Doc, if they're baptized, you take him into membership, right? <laughs> We're breaking up. We're breaking up. What? We're breaking up. <laughs> Home. It's where you build your legacy. Where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency.